Welcome to Inside Outside Innovation. At the Economist Conference a few weeks ago, Brian had the opportunity to talk to Tom Bianculi with Zebra Technologies. Before their conversation, Tom took part in a panel about the Internet of Things. In this episode, we pulled a clip from the panel discussion, and then we transitioned into Brian and Tom's conversation. Key takeaway, there's still so much more to develop with IoT, but you don't have to know where you'll end up to get started. Our team is also hosting a conference focused on innovation and development in corporate and startup spheres. Taking place May 29th through the 31st here in Lincoln, Nebraska, the Inside Outside Innovation Summit will feature spectacular speakers, impressive startups, and corporates eager to learn and grow. Go to theiosummit.com to register for your ticket today. IoT has been hugely hyped for years now. What kind of what percentage of what's possible are we actually seeing in implementation? I mean, the expectations are so high, but it strikes me that people are either thinking about this again, intimidated, and consider this as Rona was saying in a class of its own, or or not implementing it correctly, or are in the early stages, or maybe we see some who have been very successful. But I'm curious to get everyone's take on kind of where we are right now. So I, I would say, you know, as you said, it's been it's been hyped for a while. And, you know, three, four, as much, it's been around for a long time, obviously, but, you know, of course. But three or four years ago, I think we've, IoT was talked about a lot in a very horizontal fashion, right? So it was uh, Internet of Things, you've got to go connect your assets. And it was really the, lacking in the conversation was what's the reason why? Right. So what problem am I actually solving? So there was a lot of discussion around connectivity for connectivity's sake, getting that data, feeling like I'm behind if I'm not gathering the data. And that, I think, has shifted really in the last couple of years to what are the verticals, the context I would put it in for our business, what are the vertical use cases and problems we're actually targeting and solving with that IoT connectivity? So by way of example, location is, is um, an area that's... Uh, really important for us and provides value to our customers, being able to locate people, being able to locate assets, being able to provide context and condition around those assets. So what is it, where is it, how is it? And um, a real real world use case there would be where we work in partnership with somebody like, like JDA um, in a, leveraging their ERP capability is in a cross dock facility where you've got fork trucks moving around. These, these are fork trucks that are unloading pallets from trucks. They're breaking those pallets down. They're redistributing them to the other side of this cross dock facility for transport to their end destination where those those goods will be sold. So think about uh, products coming in from a manufacturer, that product being broken down and then sent to a DIY uh, retailer that you know, where you would go go buy that product individually. The four trucks in that facility have about 50% utilization because they're they're loading in a point to point fashion. So picking up those pallets and moving them to a doctor or they're coming back with no load on the fork. So we've instrumented all those fork trucks. We've instrumented all the pallets with RFID tags. We've used ceiling-mounted infrastructure. So we've turned all of the pallets and the fork trucks into IoT endpoints. And as a result of doing that, we know where every one of them is at every moment in time. And now we can route optimize those fork trucks and take that utilization from 50% to over 80%. Um, and they're, they're, that's solving a problem, right? That's driving utilization, better utilization, lower cost, reducing errors, making sure the right shipment gets to the right place. And so now it's not a discussion about IoT because I'm connecting, uh, but it's a mandate to go and deploy that for me to compete effectively. Because if my competitor has that capability and I don't, now that's not gonna leave me in a very good position. So I think the shift from a technology discussion and a horizontal discussion to the vertical use cases that have real ROI is the big shift we're seeing now. 
So I just listened to a panel of yours uh, talking about uh, some of the new things that are going on when it comes to inf- um, IoT and a- AI. So how about you talk to the audience a little bit about uh, what that panel is about and kind of what are some of your thoughts about uh, the new technologies and new ways uh, corporations are, are using technology? Sure, yeah. So the, the discussion was really a, a lot about the advent of, of AI and machine learning. And uh, much of the debate was around why now? I mean, we've been talking about AI for really a couple of decades. And what makes it so relevant today and why is it such a hot topic? And one of the ways that we approach that is that Internet of Things, the, the connectivity of everything, not just everything, but everyone becoming connected. So my phone is a sensor, you know, my coffee machine is a sensor, uh, my car is a sensor, being able to collect all of that data and now provide personalized experience. And so the idea that all that data becomes the natural resource upon which artificial intelligence and machine learning can be powered. So I've got something to consume from an artificial intelligence perspective that's many, many orders of magnitude greater than it ever was in the past. And I'm able to use that data to create a personalized experience. That, and that's what people want today. Um, there's this notion of liquid expectations that the expectation I have in one place seamlessly bleeds over the expectation in another place. And uh, uh, recently somebody was telling me the story of the experience that they had at the Apple Genius Bar. And why can't they have that experience when they go to the doctor's office, right? Uh, of, the, you know, the genius is the doctor in that case. And it's, you know, those two experiences today probably couldn't be further apart. But that's the expectation. IoT, AI can help us get there. I, and I like that concept of the fact that data in and of itself is not valuable. It's like, what do you do and the problems that you solve around that? And I think that's where, quite frankly, a lot of startups are, are not encumbered at, like a lot of corporations where they can kind of experiment and do different things that uh, weren't available to legacy companies. So one of the things I would like to talk about is, so Zero Technology has been around quite a long time and started in the printer business and, and kind of kind of old school, unsexy uh, kind of infrastructure. So, but I would say that's changing over the last five years. And so you're the CTO in that. What have you seen over the last five or six years to, to kind of make Zebra take that leap and, and kind of really evolve into a, a new type of company? Yeah, I, I would say one of the, um, the foundational elements is, um, for, the, for those out, out there that are Simon Sinek fans of Start With Why, you know, we, we've kind of always started with why um, and, and been at the, the root of what we do is to help workers at the front line be as productive as they can be, provide an advantage to the front line worker, basically, is, is what we've always been focused on. And the way we've been focused on delivering that advantage is by what one of our founders called uh, converting atoms to bits converting the physical world to the digital world. And if you think about it, that's really what Zebra's been about from thermally printing barcode labels uh, and then being able to track that label or that package that it's attached to as it moves through the supply chain. That's a basic way of converting that physical package to the digital world. And now, I would say in many ways, um, the founders of, of Zebra, the vision that they had has, has, has uh, been brought to life and, and technology's caught up with the ability to deliver on that vision, which is now we can autonomously convert atoms to bits through IoT, everything becoming a sensor. It started with the barcode as one of the first IoT endpoints. It moved to RFID. It's moved to mobility and connectivity, enabling um, that IoT to be collected anywhere, that data to be collected anywhere. Uh, And now it's moving towards autonomous collection, uh, which doesn't require somebody to physically do something, but we can can gather the data automatically. And, um, and, And we think that using that data for the benefit of the frontline worker, really honoring that frontline worker to be the best they can be, at the edge of the network, where the package is being delivered, where the patient is being administered medication by the nurse, um, where a manufacturing facility is producing the right part at the right time for a delivery. Um, being, you know, giving that frontline worker the best advantage they can get is what we're all about. 
and IoT you know, uh, helps us do that. So that's one of the reasons why we've embraced it. It kind of goes back to the roots of the company. And a lot of the focus in, in the economy and in industry in general is moved to that edge. I think we've, we've spoken about the core for the last five or six years where there's innovation in the IT closet. And now the innovation is at the edge of the network where you know, people are getting work done. And that's, uh, that's what Zebra serves and that's where we live. So you talked a lot about some of the verticals that you serve, you know, retail and logistics and that. But you're also serving different, um, that I would think be different types of verticals out there. So you mentioned in the case study out there in your booth here about the NFL. So maybe talk a little bit about some of these, what you wouldn't necessarily think about um, vertical markets that are being used, that are using this technology. Yeah, that's a really fun example. And, and, and it's a location-based IoT example where we have tags the size of a nickel, basically, in the shoulder pads of every NFL player. Uh, at every NFL game, and then around the perimeter of the um, uh, facility, around the, the stadium, we have infrastructure that's deployed that's able to locate those players on the field uh, to within six inches, ten times per second. So what does that allow us to do? And, and by the way, with this year, we've uh, now instrumented the ball as well. And so we can, we can detect the location of the ball, but also its speed, its rotation, all of that information. And so now we're able to create a digital representation of the physical game. And actually, that, the analogy of that to enterprise is a direct one. Being able to create a digital version of the crosstalk facility or of the transportation facility or the sortation facility is how we drive uh, innovation and we drive efficiency there. But with all this data we're collecting, think about the coaching experience now. You know, I, I can look at all kinds of data from a coach, coaching perspective. Think about the individual player uh, being able to analyze their performance in a way that they couldn't have a cut of before uh, and making themselves better. Then think about the fan experience, uh, because now as a fan, I can look at that data visualized on the screen in entirely new ways. And if you see next-gen stats from the NFL, that's powered by Zebra. And then even think about the gaming experience. So uh, gaming providers using that data to, to enable us to you know, have, enjoy that game in entirely new ways and, and new venues. So it's about different personas from the coach to the player to the fan to the gamer using that data to enrich their experiences and and just create better outcomes, which is directly translatable to all of the enterprise use cases that run the economy every day. The the next thing I want to talk about is, so in our podcast, we talk a lot about how corporate innovators are innovating both inside and outside the organization. So obviously you're doing a lot of stuff internally to think about new ideas and and leverage new technologies and deploy that. Are there any things you're you're doing as far as partnering or working outside with startups or or other things that are help driving your your thought process or or your innovation? Yeah, sure. So I'll go back to another phrase that I've leveraged from elsewhere that we've heard, which is a cultural shift inside the organization. We call going from being a know-it-all to being a learn-it-all. And a learn-it-all is, you know, not afraid to say, in fact, it's not only not afraid to say, but is reliant on being able to get outside influence and bringing the barriers down, not showing up at the table saying, here's how we're going to do X, Y, and Z, but saying, what if, and not saying that's not possible, but saying, how could we make it possible, and partnering to go and do that. So I think it starts with culture, it starts with relationships, and then looks to bring outside influence where, uh, where necessary to be able to go and capitalize on it. So the other element of that is democratizing innovation. And so um, innovation as a way of life is the way we think about it at Zebra uh, in the sense that if you're an engineer working on a battery door latch for a mobile computer, we expect you to innovate the way that battery door latch is created. And if you're an innovator that's working on generating a new data-driven business for the company that's going to be the next billion-dollar thing, we expect innovation there as well. So uh, innovation is not elitist. It's across the whole company from the person designing the, the battery door to the person designing the next billion-dollar business at the company. And I think you put those two, two things together, 
and you've got you know a really winning culture and winning combination. Have you seen any particular examples or programs that you've put in place to make that happen? Because obviously, not all corporations have been able to make that leap. So, what specifically is Zebra doing that that seems to be working? Yeah. So uh, when we look back at the acquisition that that uh, Zebra did of the enterprise business a little over three and a half years ago. There's basically three reasons why, why acquisitions don't work out, right? One is uh, you either pay too much. The second is you don't get the synergies you thought you would get. And the third one is culture. And I think far too often, I've used the, the word multiple times now, but finan- there's a lot of financial people paying attention to the first two, making sure they don't pay too much and making sure they get the synergies. But often the third one of culture goes overlooked. And um, so our, our uh, executive team made a very big investment in the culture of the organization. We put all 6,500 people through cultural training. Uh, we looked at what are our common values, how do we interoperate with each other, uh, what are the expectations we have of each other, what is, what, is, what is a common language we can all use to interoperate, and what do we mean when we say certain things. And uh, there's a lot of subtlety, there's a lot of nuance uh, in that, and it's easy to look at it and say it's the softer side of, of things that it's hard to put an ROI on. But you know, full credit goes to the executives at Zebra, the, our CEO in particular, who's, who, who went and said this is um, you know, far and away the thing that can create the, the biggest challenge, and, um, and, and the, the company made the investment to put everybody through. So I think that's probably got one of the biggest uh, impacts on us being able to uh, ring the bell on the success of the integration that's happened, uh, which by all accounts has been successful, and now our ability to, um, to create new categories that we're talking about here. So what's next with Zebra and you? Yeah, so the sky's the limit, I think. What we're really focused on is, again, creating, putting the customer first to create value at the edge of that network. And so what you're going to see from us is uh, expansion of a platform we announced in September of last year, our Savannah data platform. We're going to be putting a lot more um, investment into that. We're going to be connecting more and more elements of the portfolio, working with third parties, as you pointed out, to bring data in from the outside into this platform and use all that data to help our customers make the best move they can make at every moment of time in their operations. And I think that that's, that's really exciting for us. And when we speak to customers in the industry about it, uh, a lot of heads nod and, and they're excited to lean into it. So that's where we're going. Excellent. Tom, I appreciate you t- taking the time on the podcast. Uh, if a person wants to find out more about Zebra or yourself, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so the best way to do that would be to go to uh, zebra.com and you can check out the uh, contact field on there as well and uh, reach out and send us a note if you have questions. And of course, you can reach me, Tom Bianculli, uh, CTO of Zebra on LinkedIn as well. Thanks very much, Brian. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it very much. That's the end of another episode of IO Innovation. Thanks for joining us. To learn more about our team, visit next.co. That's nxxt.co. And give us a shout on Twitter at the IO Podcast. Let us know if there's a topic you'd like us to address or a person you'd like to hear interviewed. We'd love to accommodate. Until next time, go out and innovate.